<laughs> You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I'm assuming throughout our lifetimes that each of us have had at least one friend or friends, you know, I, I was always the guy that kind of like had to kid around in the group because like I was very uh, not comfortable in my body or who I was, especially when I was younger. Uh, but when I got to college, met a bunch of new friends, but because I was the youngest out of all of them, like they were all three years ahead of me, which is great because they could buy me alcohol. But I was always picked on, not like in a bad way. I mean, maybe there were, were times were you where the screech, I felt, I guess, in a way. I wasn't screech. Like I was, I, it was just easy to make fun of me because I was just dopey, but I was also like lovable and loyal. I know the anxiety of like, well, what did I do? Like, like I've always been like that in my life where if somebody even looks at me, and I think it's not how they normally would look at me. I start going through like a million different scenarios in my head of, oh, man, what did I do? What did I say? It, 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 did I poop in their bed? Did I like <laughs> what is wrong? That's a very specific look. If you had, you know, that you'd be getting. Listen, I've <laughs> again, I, I had friends that could buy me beer when I was very young. So I, I may price. have pooped in many a bed. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. But today we're reviewing the. An interesting movie. It, it, it's all about that anxiety uh, about your social group and whether or not you're performing to what they want you to be at. It's just it's weird. Uh, the movie we're reviewing today is All My Friends Hate Me. It's directed by Andrew Gaynord. It's a tight minute 30 horror comedy. I would very much debate the horror aspects like... I don't know. It's got like a I, couple, I would debate the comedy aspect. It's got a. <laughs> oh, well, the comedy is on point for a British comedy, but the horror is like there's a moment of surrealism. Like wow. Okay. I mean, are we talking about a hockey mass killers? You know, chasing people down. Not necessarily. If you're talking about a movie that fucks with your level of anxiety. Uh, this movie is right on target with the best yeah, of the think, horror yeah. films. No, that's a good point. It's like how crippling is anxiety for you or a person's threshold is. I mean, that's going to be it's going to be horrifying this movie for them. Does anybody I, I, I'm technically diagnosed with anxiety. Did, did anybody else have like a puckered asshole throughout this whole thing? I did. But I also realized this was all in good fun. Um, yeah. The one problem with the movie is it never quite establishes its stakes until the very end. Chad, we were talking a little bit earlier uh, that that's probably intentional, that, you know, there's there's a little genre bending here. You're not quite sure where this is going to go or where it's going to end up. And I think 
a big question mark about whether or not is this going to be a horror movie? Is this going to be a suspense thriller? That's part of this. And this is a movie about a person with anxiety that is really putting the audience in his place. I kind of liked that in a way the genre is sort of open to, to interpretation. Um, and it's kind of the way that you absorb it, what you, what you're watching. Cause for me, this is a social comedy, you know, hands down all the way through. And yeah, I think, uh, I didn't feel, uh, like my, what was the butt, butt puckering? Is that what you, what you, is that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> when <laughs> like you get so like nervous, you just pucker up your asshole. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm so tense. I didn't feel that. I felt like, um, like when two people are fighting in a room and I want to leave the room, I felt that. <laughs> like, we just go step outside until this, until these folks and their shenanigans uh, cut off. But I, I think I saw it more as a comedy mainly because uh, Chris always gets at me for mentioning this, but I lived among the British for a few years and I can see a lot of my friends in these people. I can see like a lot of my friends in that guy. By the time the big reveal came, I was like, oh, so it's, it's like a roast. It's like a comedy central roast, only, um, you know, not as funny. But yeah. I mean, I, it depends who you are. Yeah, it depends who you are. Um, if I were that guy, I'd probably take it in good humor only because it, it that's not enough to send me into a corner crying. I think the neuroses factor all the way through is really what kept me engaged until until that very end. The more I spent time with this guy, the more I thought, man, you really don't like yourself all that much, do you? I mean, you're, you're taking everything that's happening to you. And admittedly, a lot of the stuff is kind of shitty. That new guy is very is a very, very shitty presence to have around you. But I was like, that kind of neuroses that's analyzing and picking apart every single incident and every single passing you know, gesture, and you're letting it fester. Uh, a lot and i thought man what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> gosh <laughs> well there's a genre of films that are like this uh, if you guys have seen the dinner mm. if you've seen that australian show where friends at a barbecue with their kids reunite and then one of the parents slaps another kid that doesn't belong to him ah! which one was the dinner what was the that's dinner? where um for adults meet to discuss the ongoings of their teens. And it's yeah. like, what are those teens up to? And as it gets revealed, it's like, what are the parents up to, to create these dumb monsters? Read the book, Bradley. The book, the book is way better than the film. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. See, this film- acutely reminded me. Did you guys ever watch Ricky Gervais's extras? Yes, it was great. It was hilarious, but it was a show that I absolutely could not binge because it was just so goddamn awkward. Well, don't binge it. Treat it with respect. Don't binge (laughs) it. Come on. That was in the pre-binging days. (laughs) I I related a lot to this movie, especially with the main character. You know, I wouldn't have accused so quickly if I thought people were fucking with me in this way. Like, I feel like he would always come up with the first, you know thought in his head like oh it's this person who's doing it and they do he'd always be wrong in these situations i i feel like i would have just held my tongue and if i thought people were fucking with me i would just try to research it or just ignore it he's the one in the end who escalates most of the things yeah i'm not saying he's not provoked but he finds inopportune times to give his opinion on what's going on he's his own worst enemy yes thing hands down Yeah, well, he's got medication that helps him relax. Honestly, that's the only thing I understood about, oh, this man has anxiety. Everything that's going on around him, I 
also thought was strange. Like, I thought the big reveal might have been something likened to nobody really likes the group they hanged out with as kids. It's just those are the only people you had. But the film doesn't necessarily go there, I don't think. See, I read a lot on how to engage with people in a friendly way without being a social weirdo, because I'm a pretty socially awkward guy. And I already, like, missed the boat on this with him because they'd be like, hey, Pete, how are you? And then he would go on and on and on and on and on about himself. But what I've read is like, I'm doing well, but how are you? How are things going? How's Ted? You know? So I couldn't relate to this character at all, which is fine. You know, I think the film really was trying to be a social experiment on, do you not have anxiety? Here's what it feels like. (laughs) And I don't know whether it succeeds on that or not, because at the end I was like, I'm slightly annoyed by this, which clearly isn't the anxiety I think it was trying to give me. There's a level of um, how self-absorbed this guy came across to me. Sure. The, the more and more we went into it, I just thought, what the fuck is wrong with you? You you apparently have this this really cool job that you let that you're letting everybody know about. And these people are all here, you know, for you, regardless of what, what you think is being said or the interactions you're having. This is all for you. And like, did you just expect everyone to be kissing your feet this entire weekend? I mean, do you, I mean, did you expect to be treated more? I guess something something tells me he's expected to be treated more like a prince throughout this entire venture. And the fact that it's it's kind of like a 10-year-old who didn't win the prize, didn't, you know, wasn't first in line, didn't get the cool whatever. And uh, it's a heightened version of that. And there is like some genuine like anxiety and neurosis here. But it's, yeah, I think that, like I said before, he's his own worst enemy in, in this thing. Ultimately. Well, and it's, I think it's important to note that he's going in preloaded with some stuff, too. He's expecting there to be a little bit of drama. He's got the girl that he left behind. He's got the friend that has unresolved issues, et cetera, et cetera. And he's got it in his mind how that's going to play out or what it's going to look like. And when it doesn't, I think it disarms him and turns into a whole different thing. And that's what I have to say about this movie ultimately is at first I was a little angry because I felt called out. And then I was a little <laughs> angry because it's like you're you're kind of triggering my anxiety here. How dare you? But then at the end of the movie, I'm like, well, do I need to not be as uptight? Do I need to take a lesson for this and, you know, be able to take a joke? And then I look at this and I'm like, well, this is actually really well written. It's really well done. His his anxiety, like it's fully realized. There are clues and foreshadowed. Wow, this is actually a very tightly made movie. And yeah, now that I take a step back. It's it was really well made. So I thumbs up for me. It took me a second. I had to calm down and realize that once again, it's not about me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Pete. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it was just it's nice to watch a bunch of stuffy British, uh, you know, really privileged. Like you're you're not meant to like any of these people. They're all assholes. And something really bad and awkward happens to them and we just strap in and enjoy the ride. I don't think Pete is completely self-absorbed. Um, I, he is a little bit. And especially when he gets jealous or angry, like it comes out. In the context of this weekend, he 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 totally comes across that because it, because it oh, is yeah. this weekend, this specific weekend for him, you know. that's Yeah, the, the yeah. birthday boy is going to cry about his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think part of it, though, and I can relate to this a bit 
is so he went away. Uh, part of the reason why they're having this big party is Pete's working with refugees. He says it all the time, but he's been gone and he hasn't seen these people in like eight years. So they plan this huge party for him based on what they knew about Pete eight years previous. Drinking all night, party drugs, practical jokes, going shooting. Pete ends up just saying like, well, I never like this. And everybody's like, well, yeah, you did. And Pete doesn't realize that he's changed and maybe hooking up with friends that he hasn't seen in a very long time who are obviously on uh, different career paths, like maybe wasn't the best decision. But then how would you know unless you actually went through it? Yeah. And it's one of those it's it's really the saddest thing in a world when you uh, because I've experienced that going back to see my friends over there where it's like that trying to pick up where you left off and. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it isn't. I've got a lot of friends that I used to go to the bars with, uh, various different ages. And eventually, like, I walked away just because I had other stuff to do. And I know half of those people are still going to that same bar telling the same stories, which, you know, I love them. But, like, I can't do that anymore. No. That's that's their life. It's it's their life, not your life now. And uh, and that, yeah, that, that's, that's the, the fork in the road everybody needs to come to at a certain point. Why don't we start with our final thoughts? And I'm going to go to Frank. My finger landed on you. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Is that what that was? Uh, so I, yeah, I like this. I thought the humor was really great and pitch perfect dark. Um, I just know a lot of people are going to have problems with like the gun joke. I thought the gun joke was one of the hardiest laughs I had. So suck it, people. But <laughs> I, you know, I really thought this was this was great as as we've just been saying as an examination of, um, you know, needing to reconcile who you were then and who you are now and the people you knew then. And it's that that sort of old adage. And I hate to throw out a cliche, but it's like it's that you can't go home again type of type of deal. And I think this character is, like I said before, his own worst enemy. He is completely in his head. He's he he is sabotaging himself everything that these people are doing might be rubbing him the wrong way because back then, you know, he was a the kind of person where he would absorb these things differently. Uh, I do think that one hairy guy is just, um, that is something that is so very much not in his head. That guy is trash. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you can just fuck right back off to the pub. Like we said, this is tight. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It moves really fast. It's got a great atmosphere, and it does blend the genres a bit because there is some, there are some thriller elements to it. There's like some great black comedy, and I, I love that it has, for my money, the perfect ending for this kind of film because you know he's left this exchange he has with Sonia, his girlfriend. Pete is like literally wondering, what the fuck is this? Yes or or. No, or what? What's what's going to happen here? And I just I love that it's the perfect ending for that character because quite honestly, it's kind of what that character deserves. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this. Uh, yeah, it is it is Bradley? Come on, <laughs> what is it? Is he here? Fuck him. He's fine. But we're going to give the. I'm going to give this uh, nine out of ten uh, full English breakfasts that do not include the blood pudding, the black pudding, because that shit's disgusting. I never got used to that. I hate that. All right. This was a confusing mess to me. And by mess, I mean in my own head. 
So much is going on. So much of it is mean spirited, which Frank pointed out. No, that's just British. <laughs> oh, you yank. Yeah. Like the gun prank. I don't know. I'd be like, okay, well, good catching up. And I would just leave. Like, can you believe someone did that to me? I'm, I'm so s- startled. And yeah, maybe Frank would be like, yeah, you'd be like, wow, Brad, it was a joke. Relax. So maybe I can relate to this character. But when it was all said and done, I just kept thinking, was any of that real? If everything is in his own head, was anything he was saying genuine or was it all loud nonsense? Is he just going to a soup kitchen and he didn't leave the country and he's just boistering that up? Is things he discussed from his past, is that all nonsense? Did he not actually do any of that? He just wanted to make those situations about him? What is going on here? But I did enjoy the cast, and I didn't laugh. I just cringed like, ugh, that's, that's terrible. Like Tom Cruise when he got sprayed with water, and it was like, you're a jerk to the guy who pulled a prank on him. How you react to that, I think, is how you're going to react to that movie. For me, I'm like, <laughs> shit, Tom, it was a prank. But also, why would you prank a madman like that? This Th- is all just so out. uncomfortable. Those two would be drinking buddies. They'd probably get on yeah. like a house on fire. <laughs> so I'm going to leave this with... 6.5, because again, I love the cast, and I do think people should watch things that make them a little uncomfortable and from a, a different country's perspective and culture. 6.5 out of 10 geese. <laughs> geese. I have to fess up to something here. I have gone on the record several times in the past uh, talking about just really disliking movies where the whole thing is just people busting balls the entire time. And usually because it's jocular and boring and we've seen it and heard it all before. Um, This movie is largely just ball busting from beginning to end, but I think I'm willing to give it a pass, A, because they're British, and I'm just going to say that (laughs) that accent just makes some things better for me. I don't know uh, what that is, if that's a particular bias or or prejudice I have. I don't know. But the other thing is, is these none of these characters are likable. So every bad thing that happens, you kind of by the end, when you reckon it, they all had it coming. So at the end of the day, this movie knows what it is, and I think it accomplishes exactly what it set out to do. Um, Points there. It it made me violently uncomfortable. But also, I you know, this is a movie from Neon. This is something that would probably have played a a fantastic fester, uh, a late night slot. And it would have been a ball with a full audience of, you know, film nerds. But uh, this time around, I think... Just because it made me so uncomfortable, I have to give it a seven out of ten little drugs that were substituted for your herbal calms. (laughs) I'm mixed on this, like execution and the look, uh, the way they set up the whole story with the visuals, I thought were great. thought the script was tight. It mostly made sense. Like Bradley's like, what is real? I'm still going through in my head, like, what are the real things? Like, I absolutely think he works with refugees, but I feel like at a certain point, he just started making up his own version of what other people were thinking of him, because that's exactly what I would do. That's what people do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They embellish like tomorrow. 
But I do agree that Harry is a psychopath. <laughs> Fuck Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping secretly that the end would be more horrific, but the way it ends, like it end ends, I did like that. I'm gonna give this seven and a half coke fueled pheasant hunts out of ten. Sounds like some people have different uh histories with guns uh <laughs> I, I grew up in the midwest so i hunted um yeah. and i can tell you i had a loaded gun point at me once and i flipped the fuck out yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely you would well if it hasn't happened to you that's why it's funny <laughs> <laughs> the way that that bit ended though like it, it, in oh, the br- moment brilliant oh brilliant yeah. loved it so are, oh, you, are oh, you british frank do you have british uh, uk in you like what's going on here howdy podcast listeners i'm trevor teacher and i'm matt foster and together we co-host the nighthawks podcast a movie-centric podcast that covers just about everything Big films, Citizen Kane, Casablanca, The Avengers, Star Wars. The films that aren't as big on budget, but we still love. Found footage 3D, The Big Lebowski. Not to mention films from distant shores. Lone Wolf and Cub, Dearest Sister. Plus we have some great guests like Alamo Drafthouse founder Tim Lee. Episode 7. Doctor Strange writer C. Robert Cargill. Episode 100. Director Stephen DiGennaro. Episode 53, episode 100. Or you can listen to any of the over 120 other episodes we have on deck for you. Instant classics. Find us on all good podcatchers. Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, Spotify. Or at our website, nighthawkspodcast.com. Join our cult. Probably not a real cult. It's a real cult.